0: let's take our Bibles and turn to John chapter 4. John chapter 4. Have you ever been really thirsty? I'm talking about really thirsty when uh, chocolate milk won't do, Uh, uh, Coca-Cola won't do. I mean, a Diet Pop definitely will not do. I mean, I mean, you're really thirsty, and the only thing, only thing that'll satisfy is a good drink of water, just water. You know, <clears throat> amazingly, though, when we drink our fill soon, we're thirsty again, aren't we? We're leaky vessels, aren't we? But tonight, I want to share with you one who can satisfy a thirsty soul. And though he satisfies the thirsty soul, yet the one that is the water of life, and whom is a well of water springing up into eternal life, he himself, he thirsts. And he is asking when this passage of Scripture I mean the one who could have made the well a fountain, springing up to quench his thirst, he asked this woman, give me to drink. Tonight I trust that you and I, I believe if we could hear our Savior this evening, I believe we could hear him say, give me to drink. For I believe that our Lord and Savior is as thirsty tonight as when he sat weary upon the well, saying to this woman, give me to drink. Notice, if you would, beginning in verse 4, and he must, he must, Needs go through Samaria. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealing with the Samarians. Samaritans, Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob? The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Jesus saith unto her, Go, call thy husband, and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. In that saidest thou truly. The woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshiped in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall never in this mountain nor yet in Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship, ye know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews." But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman saith unto him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. And upon this came his disciples, and marveled that he talked with the woman. Yet no man said, what seekest thou? Or why talkest thou with her? And underline, if you would, this next phrase. The woman then left her water pot. She did something that no one else had ever done. Then left her water pot, and went her way into the city, and said to the men, Come see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came unto him. In the meanwhile his disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat. But he said unto them, I have meat to eat that ye know not of. Therefore said the disciples one to another, Hath any man brought him aught to eat? Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and to finish his work. Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. Let's... Pray and ask God's blessings on this reading. Heavenly Father, give us tonight what we need from your word that you have given by your blessed Son. And Lord, help us to get tonight the very message that Christ desired his disciples to get. And may we not put off even four months the desire of your heart for today. Lord, give us, I pray, tonight, help us tonight to identify with your thirst. Touch our cold hearts and our indifferent hearts. Help us tonight to see you as you were upon the cross of Calvary. When you cried out, I thirst. And seemingly that cry fell on indifferent ears. May it not be so tonight. Give us compassion. Oh, touch our hearts. Help us, Lord, not to deny this request. Help us, Lord, tonight to endeavor to give you to drink. In thy name we pray, amen. As we look at this passage of Scripture recently, I looked at it from a different, from a different aspect, and I, I trust we'll all look at it this way tonight. How do you respond to some, maybe someone, or maybe even something like an animal When you know it's thirsty, I remember having a neighbor that had uh, some teenage girls there, and they loved animals, or so they said, and they would get animals often. But they would leave them unattended in a cage. And I can remember being there in the back yard next to our house and seeing in a cage. Some rabbits and their water bottle was thirsty and they were nearly dead. I I couldn't help it though it was not that were not my animals. I had to go get fill that water bottle up for those rabbits and be able to I couldn't I just can't take it if I if I know something is thirsty. How do you feel perhaps when you got a child? one of your children my my daughter uh, she uh, she her she and her husband they've adopted four precious, precious little children, and oh they're so dear to our hearts and and really each one of them they're trophies of grace I mean trophies of grace and when you realize where uh, they uh, accepted those little ones into their home and from where they accepted them and took them in uh, they're just trophies of grace and they're precious and And really they only think that the, their Pawpaw's existence exists just to play with them and to get them things and, and I mean that's the way they think of Pawpaw I mean And we have a wonderful relationship and whatever, whatever they need, that's what I want to, if I can and I'm able, I'm going to meet that need. Well, uh, the smallest one, uh, the youngest one, little precious girl, she had an experience in school where somehow she got neglected and uh, really wasn't able to get a drink of water all day and when she asked, got enough courage to ask, the teacher was told to sit and be quiet. And without uh, uh, being able to get a drink of water, when she got home, she, she rushed and, and said, I need some water, and, her, and she took a glass of water and just took the whole glass down. Well, I'm going to tell you that something. Uh, I'm telling you, her mama... Uh, buddy, that uh, that didn't sit well with her mama, and she went to see about that. She could not stand to think of her precious child being thirsty. How about you? Well, no, you said absolutely not. No way would I ever. I I, I would never allow one of my children for them to be thirsty. And not, if I was able, at all possible, I'd meet that need. Well, then I'll ask you about what about our Savior? What about our Savior? I believe tonight that our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, is still crying as he did from the cross in John 19, 28. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, saith, I thirst. Tonight, I believe the Lord Jesus is as thirsty as he was when he was hanging upon the cross. There as he's hanging upon the cross, he is displaying two thirsts that he has. One is the thirst of his humanity, which we see demonstrated here in this chapter when he sat upon the well, weary and tired from the journey and then as he sat there and the woman approached him, he said, give me to drink. And can I say tonight, you'll never have a need. You'll never have a need that our Savior has not identified with. There'll never be anything you experience in your life that our Savior has not already experienced. Because yes, though he was God, he became flesh. He humbled himself and became, uh, 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 though in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And here he sat, I mean the one who made the water in the well, made everything that that well was made of, he sat there wearied, asking this woman, give me to drink. But there's a greater thirst than the thirst of his humanity. I believe the cry from the cross was also the, a cry of his thirst for lost humanity. As it says there in John 19 as a fulfillment of Scripture. He said, My strength is dried up like a potsherd, Psalm twenty-two, fifteen, 15, and my tongue cleaveth to my jaws, and thou hast brought me unto the dust of death. Again, Psalm 69, 21, They gave me also gall for my meat, and in my thirst they gave me vinegar to drink. That's more than the thirst of his humanity. And yes, he had the thirst of his humanity demonstrated here at the well, revealed on the cross, and you think about that occasion uh, on the cross when uh, just prior in the garden he spent the night praying with his sweat becoming as drops of blood there in the garden praying. And by the way, who was he praying for? Praying for you praying for me and the very desire that he had that you and I would not cry in the pits of hell, just a drop of water, just a drop of water. Yet Jesus, there in the garden, prayed to the Father, O Father, he said that thou mayest give me though uh, others. And you know that prayer for you was that you and I would not thirst. There in the garden, he became dehydrated. Then then Judas came and placed a kiss of betrayal upon his cheek, and they led him away there to the house of Caiaphas, spent the rest of that night being interrogated and beaten, hanging there. If you've ever had the privilege to go to the Holy Land, and uh, go through Jerusalem, you will see that house and the remains of the house of Caiaphas, and you can see the place where they would interrogate uh, the, the criminals, and there was a place that was carved out in overhead where they would suspend the one being interrogated, and there, no doubt, our blessed Savior, as they beat him and he spent the rest of that night not giving him a drop of water, then led him away to the house, uh, to the Pilate's Judgment Hall, and there, being scourged by the Romans, then led to, the, uh, he, to Herod and mocked there by his soldiers, and scourging him and stripping him of the flesh, till the psalmist said uh, of him, My bones... All my bones stare at me, no doubt. The vertebrae in his back and his ribs being exposed. I've heard it said that on the battlefield when men are wounded, there they lay on the battlefield, they cry, Please, water, water, water. The thirst is insatiable. And this is as they took the Lord Jesus, parading him through the streets in shame in the heat of the day, placing the uh, cross upon his back, and leading him up to the uh, Golgotha's hill, and there nailing him to the cross, and hanging him up before uh, the, uh, between heaven and this earth. And Jesus cried, I thirst! And we can understand... Certainly no thirst, no one has experienced ever a greater thirst, humanly speaking, than our Lord Jesus that he experienced there upon the cross. I believe the Lord Jesus is yet is yet experienced the thirst of his humanity. But you might think, well, how could I satisfy that thirst? We'll see in a moment how the woman did. But then the thirst of his spirit for lost humanity. You see, the Lord, as Peter said, is not slack concerning his promises. Some men count slackness. But his long suffering to us were not willing that any should perish. That all should come to repentance. He desires that no one ever cry in the pits of hell as the rich man did. Just a drop of water. Isaiah 44:3, he said, I will pour out. He said, I will pour water upon him that is thirsty and floods upon the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon thy seed and my blessing upon thine offspring. The last words of our uh, Savior in Psalm 22 and verse 17 where we find uh, uh, the desire of our blessed Savior and the challenge that is given to you and to me. I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, and the bride and morning star, and the spirit and the bride say, come, and let him that hear it say, come, and let him that is of thirst come, and whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. I believe the last challenge of the scripture is to give unto you and I, that we too may acquire the same thirst that the Lord Jesus has, both for the thirst of his humanity but also the thirst for lost humanity that's the thirst of our savior but i want you to notice the thirst of another here in this passage of scripture secondly consider the thirst the thirst of this sinful woman here's a woman who is coming to the well to satisfy a thirst that she had uh, and uh, she, no doubt, every day she came trying to satisfy and trying to uh, meet that thirst of uh, uh, of herself. And I, I, I heard my dad. I remember my dad telling the story, and he talked about it often, and, and it stayed vivid in my mind. I remember sometimes when we would be out and we would be thirsty, and Dad would, and Dad related. Uh, me, he said, uh, you know, he said, when I was in Korea and uh, we would sometimes be out and sent out on excursions and and he said, uh, I remember, he said, I, we ran out of water and he said, I got so thirsty. He said, I, I got so thirsty. He said, I came upon a boot print and in the heel of that br- blue, uh, uh, boot print, was a little uh, just a little pool of water in heel in the heel of that boot, and my dad said I I knelt down on my knees, put my lips into that mud hole, and he said I I uh, sucked the water uh, all the moisture I could out of that heel, and he said I can tell you, he said it it was so soothing. He said I was so. Th- that my tongue was sticking to the roof of my mouth. And he said, for a little bit, he said, that satisfied uh, that thirst that I had. But he said, it put me in the hospital. (laughs) Hepatitis, My dad had. And here's this woman. She's so thirsty. And she had tried to satisfy her thirst by drinking from the mud holes of the world. And there may be someone here tonight, you have a thirsty soul, and you have perhaps on many occasions, maybe as this woman had, you have drank and tried to satisfy your soul drinking from the mud holes of this world. We see the quest of her thirst, She drank from the mud hole of pleasure, of sin for a season. This woman had perhaps the taste of of her drinking was sweet to her lips, but the aftertaste was as bitter as quinine, worse than a sugar-free soda. I mean this woman, I left her filled with an insatiable craving for more, for it did not satisfy her. More of what could never satisfy. The mud holes of this world, they can never satisfy. They can only leave you thirsty for more. And I'm going to tell you, and certainly you live in an area that's filled with the pleasures of this world. I think about... On Saturday, uh, big day uh, for Kentucky football, they, they were taking on Florida Gators, and uh, the coach was interviewed and, and said, what role do you feel like uh, that the Kentucky fans are going to play in helping you win this important game? He said, I've got all the confidence in the world, and our Kentucky fans Though it's a twelve o'clock game, they'll get out early and drink a lot of beers, and they'll come ready for the game. Now that's that's the quote that was given, and sure enough, and no doubt. Uh, To fulfill that expectation, there were plenty of fans and they went to the uh, mud hole of the beer joints of this world and they drank plenty of beers and and they came to the game and boy, they were satisfied for a little season. But let me say, they face Georgia next week. (laughs) Down in Athens, Georgia, where one of my son-in-laws is from a bulldog fan. And though Kentucky's thirst for their pleasure maybe was satisfied for a little season, it can never last. And so it is with all the pleasures that this world has to offer. Though it may seem to satisfy for a moment, it can never satisfy the thirsty soul This woman, she had drank from the pleasures of mud hole of pleasure of sin for a season. Then she drank from the mud hole of acceptance and relationships. But rejection was all she tasted. She had gone through five relationships thinking with each one, this will be the one. That'll satisfy my thirsty soul. Only to find the disappointment and the rejection and then going to another lover. And then another until last she said, well, evidently it is not uh, in marriage, so I'll just try on another one for a little while and maybe this one will satisfy. But she found nothing would satisfy the thirst of her soul. And you can try every relationship. And my, if we... Can you imagine how it is in our country? Just think for a moment how people—they—they're uh, they, trying every experience imaginable of all kinds of uh, relationships, and—and and I mean drinking from the mud holes, one mud hole after another, only to find out it never satisfies. And by the way, all of those that are trying those new kinds of relationships. And by the way, there's not enough letters in the alphabet to describe all the relationships that our people are trying to be satisfied from and only to find out the disappointment, most miserable people. And you can go to all the pleasures of this world that, the, that this world has to offer, all the entertainment of this world. You'll be disappointed. My definition of an entertainer of today is entertainers are miserable people entertaining miserable people. And there's no satisfaction of her quest, of her thirst, of sin for a season, of acceptance, of relationships. So then she drank from the mud hole of man-made religion. At last she said, but we worship here in this mountain, and you Jews, uh, you worship at Jerusalem. And I, I believe she is saying here, but we're all going to the same place. But she knew deep in her soul that her religion had never satisfied her soul. Jesus said to her, You worship, you know not what. For her religion that she had, you read about in Nehemiah chapter 13, where Eliashab the high priest, had allied himself with Sanballat and Tobiah. And Nehemiah cleaned house and, I mean, put him out of his office. And he went up to Samaria, and there they built the temple on uh, that cursed mountain. And there they said, here is our place on Mount Gerizim. Here's our place of worship. But that worship and that religion never satisfied. There's as many religions as there are people in in this world. But let me say, there's only one that will satisfy the thirst of a thirsty soul. Religion can never satisfy. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. It is only Jesus. Only Jesus. We see the acquisition, the, or the quenching rather, the quenching of her thirst when she heard the blessed word, the blessed invitation of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I, if you will ask of me, I will give you that living water. I mean, you, you will have a well springing up within you, and you'll never long uh, for the, to drink from the mud holes of this world again. I'll satisfy your soul. He gave her his word and and, uh, she drank from that eternal well. She accepted the invitation and trusted Jesus Christ as her savior and she was satisfied. She ran into the city and said, come see a man that told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? She said, we've been looking for the Messiah and we've been longing for the Messiah We've been longing for that one that will save our souls. And I have found him. I have found him. And then we see not only the the, uh, uh, quest of her thirst and the quenching of her thirst, but notice the acquisition. The acquisition of the divine thirst of Jesus. Though the thirst that she has was satisfied, now she had a new thirst. She had a new longing and a new desire. And what was the longing and the desire of her heart now? Was the desire that the Lord Jesus had. That he must needs go to Samaria. Why did Jesus need to go to Samaria? That place where the disciples would have taken a long way around. Because there were Samaritans there that were in need of a Savior. There was a woman there that was in need of a Savior. And now this woman had the same thirst of the Lord Jesus Christ. First of all, notice, she gave her resources for Jesus and others. What did she do with the water pot? She left it for Jesus. Nobody else had ever done that. She said plainly when she came to Jesus, said, You have no water pot, and the well is deep. You have no means, as she thought, to receive that water. And yet, it's true, the Lord Jesus had limited himself. He had limited himself that that thirst that he had of his humanity would be satisfied by humanity. Yes, he could have made that well a fountain, had he so desired. But he didn't. He sat until the woman came and he says, give me to drink. And what did she do? Take her water pot back with her like all the others who before her came to the well? No. And, and can I say oftentimes that's the tendency that we have? Oh, I'm, you know, it's my water pot. Oh, that's for me. And, and it's for my four, and no more. I mean, this, uh, all that I have, that, that's for me. Nobody else has left their water pot. I'm taking my water pot back home because it's mine. But no, she didn't do that. She gave of what she had to satisfy not only the thirst of her Savior, but anyone else who came to the well, those disciples who were there. The water pot was there for them. She gave of her water pot, her resources for Jesus and others. Do you realize when you and I give of our resources, what are we doing? We are meeting the thirst of our Savior. Remember Matthew chapter 25 when Jesus said, you gave me drink? And they said, when did we give you to drink? And he said, if you've done it unto one of the least of these, he said, you've done it unto me. Uh, When the pastor is encouraging you to give, to give of your resources, we have a need here. The need of humanity, of resources. And when you do that for Jesus' sake, do you realize you're meeting the thirst as this woman did who left her water pot? Oh, don't ask, oh, don't expect me to to leave something as precious as a water pot. I mean, this is is for my needs, but would it be too great to give it to Jesus of our resources, of our money? Of our things, those things which God has blessed us with, uh, that our Savior has given to us to say, "In Jesus' name, I'll give you a cup of cold water." You're meeting the thirst of Jesus when you do so. Meeting the thirst of His humanity, Jesus said that. That's what she did. But you see, she also she sought her city. That's the greater thirst. That's the spiritual thirst that the Lord Jesus has for lost humanity. Why did he go through Samaria? He was thirsty for their souls, And he found one woman who would satisfy that thirst. She went into her city and she went to no doubt those that were unkind to her. Those that had uh, no dealings with her. She came to the well at the middle of the day. The others had already come and gone. Why did she seek the middle of the day? Because that's when the other women would come. But she found no fellowship and no acceptance among them, so she came alone. But where did she go? She went back to the very place, perhaps of rejection, Come, see a man that told me all things that ever I did. And yes, no doubt, reminded of all the things that she had done. But I believe she could say to those, but it's okay. I've been forgiven. My sins are gone. And the same Savior who has forgiven me of my sins and cleansed me from my sins can save you as well. Do you realize you and I, we've got the same message. We've got the same message to tell. The Lord Jesus is crying from the cross, I thirst, I thirst. What's the significance of that? He is thirsty for the souls of this world. That no one, not willing that any should perish, not willing that any should ever cry from hell, a drop of water. Jesus, she got she, there's the acquisition of the divine thirst of our Savior. She brings a multitude back from her city. This woman had not been saved uh, an hour, and she's on her way crying and pleading the Messiah. I found the Messiah. I found the Savior. Come and come. And here this woman, she had not a Bible uh, education. I mean, she, she had not had a degree in theology. I mean, she wasn't worried about uh, all the skeptics and, and all the false religions that she might encounter. She just began to say, Oh, let me tell you, uh, just like one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread, I have found the Savior. Come and see. Come and hear. There's one other that I'd like to draw attention to, the thirst. The third thing I want us to consider is the thirst, the thirst of the disciples. The thirst of the disciples. They came to the well too, no doubt as Jesus did, weary, thirsty, hungry. So what did they do? They go into the city. Divine meat. They go in the city. Without a doubt, there's only one road into the city. Who do you think they met on their way? I want you to realize first, I believe that those disciples, they had a thirst for social acceptance. What's more important to those disciples? Their social standing? We don't have any dealings with the Samaritans. I want you to visualize in your mind as I... I visualize in my mind. Here is the disciples. They sat Jesus on the well. You just wait right there and rest. And we'll be back shortly. And here they go down the road into the city. Here comes a woman, a sinful woman, a Samaritan woman. Can you imagine the passing, the disciples passing? And I believe no better than the Levite. Uh, And uh, the priest who came by the way, and the man that had fallen among thieves, laying half dead, and they passed by on the other side. Here comes the woman towards them. Can you deceive the disciples? And they passed by. Here comes the woman. Comes to the well. She sees someone sitting at the well. She recognizes He is with them. What's her attitude of the Savior? Why do you ask of me? A woman of Samaria? Are you no different than your friends who just passed me by? What does the world think of our Jesus? What does the world think of our Savior? I'll tell you what they think of him, what we think of them. And if we're not careful, if we pass by on the other side, if we have the same attitude that the disciples, oh, you're, you're not of my class, you're not of my kind. I'm going to tell you, they'll think that of our Savior. And that was the attitude this woman had when she came to the well. Are you one of them? Are you like they are? And not only were the disciples, uh, they were thirsty for social acceptance, but they were also thirsty for temporal desires. They went into the city to get meat that would only satisfy for a little season. And Lord Jesus, they came back wondering why he had spoken to that woman. Oh, I have meat to eat that ye know not of. He said, "Say not ye there are four months and then come of the harvest." I say, unto you lift up your eyes and look on the fields for they're wide already to harvest." And that's what the Lord Jesus is saying to you and I. Are you thirsty as I am? Here comes the harvest. This is the desire. This is what I'm thirsty for. This is what I came for. And then he left his disciples saying, this is why I leave you here. As my Father sent me, so send I you. And I believe Jesus Christ is saying tonight, I thirst. His thirst must be satisfied by you and I today, but will not be satisfied until the last, of the redeemed, the last redeemed soul of man is given the gospel, and the bride is complete. question is, have we given Jesus a drink today? He's thirsty. Jesus said in Mark 9, 41, For whosoever shall give you a cup of water to drink in my name, because you belong to Christ, verily I say unto you, he shall not lose his reward. Then he goes on to say, I was in hungered, Matthew twenty five thirty five. I was in an hungered, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. Naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him saying, Lord, when saw we then hungered and fed thee or thirsty and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger and took thee in or naked and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick or in prison and came unto thee and the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you inasmuch as you have done it unto one of the least of these. My brethren, ye have done it unto me. Jesus is still thirsty. And only you and I can satisfy that thirst. And to be honest, our judgment one day is going to be based on what we thought of Jesus. How much we met his thirst. Can we, will we, as the woman did, leave our water pots to here, Lord Jesus for you and whoever else may be thirsty. Would we be willing to go into the cities, go into the highways and the byways into the hedges and compel them. We have found him. Come and see. Come and hear. Come and drink of that water of life. Jesus Christ, I